This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John, Brian, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2016. This is episode 80. We are going to be talking about today two Netflix TV series. And a brand new movie. But first, I want to congratulate all of those who are listening. Because although there is but eight hours, at least depending on where you are, six and a half hours. For those of you on the East Coast, more. For those of you on the West Coast. You have almost certainly, probably, maybe, there's a decent chance that you have made it all the way through 2016 alive. That's right, folks. The Grim Reaper year is almost over, and though we do not yet know what 2017 may bring... Except the uh, inauguration of the new president. You have almost certainly made it through this year, especially those of you listening to this, you know, on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Then then the year's definitely over for you. You're safe. You can stop worrying now. So, uh, John, how was your week? Well... Let's just say that 2016's been one of the best and worst years ever. Uh, but my week's been good. I'm exhausted, thanks to the new puppy. I did have a chance to indulge in a little geekishness after thoroughly exhausting uh, the dog. He's a golden retriever, by the way. Uh, thoroughly exhausting him in the yard. I sat down and tried to watch the new season of The Man in the High Castle. Would you like to hear about that? They've got like two or three episodes of that out, don't they? It's an Amazon original. I don't know if they have the whole season, but I assumed they did. The Amazon usually releases one episode a week until they get up, until they build up to the whole series. So it's been out for two or three weeks. So I assumed, uh, again, I haven't checked. This is, I'm just assuming based on their past history that they've only released two or three episodes. So, so those of you in the audience who've been paying attention to me all this time can probably detect the reason why I don't know how many episodes there are. I turned it off halfway through the second episode. Oh. Let me tell you what, guys. It is boring. It's the worst possible thing a TV show could be. It is boring. Oh, no. That's all I got to say. Okay. <laughs> I like you enjoyed the first season, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Uh, my father and I sat down, and we watched it all. And it was, you know, we had fun watching it. But it, the problem is, is that, and we talked about it on the gap. One of the problems is that some of the characters and some of the storylines are a little bleh, a little uninteresting. The same cast is back. The, the first, uh, you know, the first two episodes are, Hey, where are they now? You know, how are they dealing with the um, things that happened at the end of last season? You know, what what are the ramifications? Um, 
and I still don't care about those people or those things. Um, and Mr. Rufus Sewell, the uh, the only guy worth watching, in my opinion, in the first series, gets like five minutes of screen time each episode. Total bummer for me. I was I had real, real high hopes for that show, uh, especially with the really cool imagery, uh, cool in a scary way, like this looks like a normal long, you know, Long Island high school. Oh, and they're all giving the Nazi salute. You know, this is the kind of show we're in. We're in. Oh, I feel a little bit of a mini rant. Don't you just hate it? When they your, your cord is acting up again. How wonderful. I'm sorry, man. But just to let you know, folks, it's just not actually news. Do we really have to announce it? There's some... <laughs> Technical difficulties, you mean? There's <laughs> technical problems. In this case, oddly enough, surprisingly enough, it's not with me or my internet connection. Apparently, uh, Brian's cord, his mic cord, has a teeny tiny flaw, which uh, we surmise, based on all available evidence, that we have not as of yet verified this with a skilled or licensed technician, we surmise that it there's a small short in his uh, Microsoft and his microphone cord, and so that's causing him to occasionally, um, occasionally start uh, staticking out. So we're we're trying to figure out exactly how he has to sit in what position and hold his head so that he can sit in that one position and never ever move for the entire half hour show. Now that's my solution to the entire problem. It, it, is there a better solution out there? I don't have one. Brian, did, did he stall enough for you to fix it? Now we have nothing. <laughs> Poor Brian. Well, let's... Uh, rest, in, rest in peace, Brian. 2016 got him, after all. Jeez. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, if that turns out to be true, you're going to feel guilty for the rest of your life. I mean, absolutely terrible. Every time you think about him, you'll just feel guilty like, man, he's really gone. And the last thing I did was make a stupid joke. Going straight to hell, Daddy Warpig. I'm going straight to hell. Um, I am disappointed that uh, Man in the High Castle isn't better. I'm still going to watch it once they get all the episodes. I'm waiting until all the episodes are released and I'm going to watch the whole thing at once. Um, like binge watch it. I I don't like watching one episode and then waiting another week and watching another episode. It, it makes uh, it, it makes a, a show unnecessarily boring. So let's. Uh, I'm hoping that it will get better and or that I will find it more interesting than you do. So in a few weeks, five or six weeks, um, sometime well into 2017, I'll be able to uh, give my. Uh, give my review, and we'll see how it uh, matches. Okay. Let's... Well, I was uh, going to ask how Brian was doing. We know how he's doing. Yeah, he's doing great, other than the microphone thing. His new book's out. Uh, links to which are available in the description. Apparently, it's selling fairly well. Uh, it's getting a lot of good buzz. So, I'm like his publicist, man. I'm not even getting paid for this. Isn't it great? It's amazing the kinds of jobs you end up doing when you decide, hey, let's get together with a couple of my friends on uh, on a podcast, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm somebody's publicist. I'm an independent author's unpaid publicist. It's quite a career, folks, if you can get the work. Independent author's unpaid publicist. Uh, it doesn't pay very much, 
but uh, it, it it more than makes up for it in job satisfaction. How are the benefits? Yeah. Now, when we say benefits, the benefits of the job, you got you got to remember there are no actual benefits. Benefits. There's no medical or no dental. There are intangible benefits. So, um, if you are prepared to spend hours of your life working for totally intangible benefits, unpaid independent author publicist is the job for you. Um, all right, let's go here. I want to talk about the OA Black Mirror and Passengers. And I want to talk about uh, Black Mirror first because although that's the one Brian actually saw an episode of, I, I want to summarize it because there isn't much to say. Black Mirror is an anthology series. It was originally on the BBC. It's had two seasons on the BBC, or as they call it in England, two uh, series. And then it was picked up by Netflix. So it is a Netflix show now. All of the episodes of it are available on Netflix. Three episodes in the first series, four episodes in the second series, and like eight in the Netflix season. So each, it's an anthology show. Each specific show is set in a completely different universe. They're completely new cast, new premise, uh, new plot. There's nothing that any of the episodes have to do with anything else. And it is sort of Twilight-esque, uh, or excuse me, sort of Twilight Zone-esque. Um, I want to be very, very clear. It is not Twilight-esque. There are precisely, so far, so far there are precisely zero sparkling vampires. So, you know, don't panic. There are no sparkling vampires. Um, it's like the Twilight Zone in that major elements of each setting are kept from you in order to build up a mystery that they, you know, kind of give away over the course of the entire episode. And it is not focused so much or as much as the Twilight Zone was on ironic or twist endings with some sort of moral. It is primarily focused on technology and how technology impacts society. And for the most part, it isn't very good. Oh. Um, it's it's not great. Some of the episodes are kind of okay. Most of them aren't. It's I haven't been thrilled by it. Um, and the reason why I haven't been thrilled is because so many of the episodes are set up to be political treatises. They're set up to. Um, lecture you about some social issue the writer was upset about. And so the observations it does make are in general kind of trite. Um, and, and I don't know, I'm just not enjoying it. I, and I've watched the entire thing. I've watched the entire first series, the entire second series, including the Christmas episode and all of the Netflix ones. And I, were it not for the fact that I was reviewing it for the show, I would not have watched the whole thing. There is one episode that's almost great. Um, but the show is far too enamored of downer endings, far too enamored of pointless bad endings where everything turns out awful for the characters. And it's kind of wearying. Um, a lot of the things they deal with are 
grotesque and repellent just for the sake of being grotesque and repellent. It's not, I'm not saying it's a badly acted show. I'm not saying it's a badly shot show. I'm just saying it is boring in many cases and repellent and obnoxious in others. So that's my review of Black Mirror. That was my opinion of the one episode I saw. You're clear. Do you want to hold your head in that exact same spot for another 18 minutes? <laughs> I'll try. So go ahead. Uh, you saw one episode, and it's the, the end episode I saw, um, that could best be described as what if Facebook were in a dictatorship and everyone in society were compelled to be on Facebook. Um, and all of you were... In order to buy or sell anything, you have to peddle to earn points because they have a, apparently a, a power shortage. And by peddling, you generate electricity. And by generating electricity, you earn merits. And you primarily use those to buy virtual goods or to skip the mandatory, um, you know, American Idol ripoff show or the mandatory um, porn show. Yeah. Um, it costs you money to not watch their shows. Um, so that's the central thesis of the episode. And again, it's it's a downer series. The episode itself is downer. Everything goes wrong. Things don't really end well. And, and you just kind of left. It's like you're wasting your time. It is. It's it's really boring. At least, and that's what sucks. Because there are intriguing things that happen in the episode but then the ending undoes all of it and just deflates all the tension. And again, that's that postmodern attempt to be edgy and subversive that really we've all seen so many times before that we're just desensitized to it now. It's it's just expected. And, and that sort of leads me to the question I was going to ask, which was, would someone like a young person who's never seen something like an episode of The Twilight Zone, would they enjoy this show? So in, in addition to answering that, um, would that same person get that that silly subversive action? Right? That doesn't make sense. What are you subverting? They have no expectations. There, there's not enough entertaining things about the show to hold people most people's attention. Most of the episodes. Some of the episodes there are, but most of the episodes there's just not enough entertainment value. Unless you're really into the messages that they're preaching, which a lot of people are. Uh, it's not worth the time. Yeah, I'm hard-pressed to find out exactly what the moral of that episode was. Because they're, they're trying to set one up, you know, which is that, uh, you know, truth and beauty are, are still important, even in a totalitarian society where everyone has to dress the same and have the same job and eat drugged food. And that's how they go with it. But then at the very end, they undermine that. So it's just left being about nothing, but not in a fun Seinfeld kind of way. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my opinion on Black Mirror. Let's uh, give any, uh, do any last questions before we jump to the OA. Let's move on. Okay, the OA. It's another Netflix series, eight episodes. And I just... 
I'm going to spoil this for you because I need you to realize how truly bad this show is. So if you haven't seen the show and you're interested in seeing the show, my recommendation is that you don't see the show because it's a waste of eight hours of your life. Literally, you watch the full eight episodes from the OA and the last 20 minutes of the last episode completely undoes everything that came before it, completely makes it boring and stupid and pointless. Everything is completely invalidated. It is as if, and this doesn't literally happen, but this is an analogy. They say, oh, it was all just a dream, and nothing that happened in the entire series actually really happened. It is almost that uh, exact occurrence. It is, it is awful. It is terrible. It is abysmal. And let me tell you why. The setup for the show is the very first scene people are driving along a bridge and they're filming it with uh, a handheld phone. So you have that high and cropped iPhone or Android phone aspect ratio to the video. A girl walks across in front of the car to a bridge and jumps off the bridge into the river and they go and get her. They rescue her. She doesn't die. Her feet are all messed up. It turns out to be this girl that disappeared, completely disappeared, seven years ago, who was kidnapped, infamously kidnapped, and then now she's turned up out of the blue. She has scars on her back uh, with copper inlaid in the scars, and mysteriously, when she disappeared, she was blind, but now she can see again. So, she seems to have or appears to have some sort of psychic powers, and she sets up a group of people, five people from the surrounding neighborhood, and talks to them and supposedly tells them the story of what happened during the seven years that she was away. Now, I'm going to start spoiling it now. So again, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, please tune out. But it's important to remember, this is the first spoiler, nothing of what we see ever actually happened. So you spend the majority of eight episodes listening to her relate what happened when she was disappeared and kidnapped, but according to the last 20 minutes of the series, none of it actually occurred. It is a complete utter and total waste of time. Now, here's the thing. The last 20 minutes of the series, they kind of make it vague. They make it seem as if she Kaiser Soze'd her way through this entire story because they reveal underneath her bed a bunch of books that she used, apparently, to make up this tale. And it seems as if she was lying. And nothing, nothing interesting, nothing science fictional, nothing uh, out of the ordinary happens during the present day of the series. The only fantastic science fictional elements happen during the past, during her relation of this tale, which makes it seem as if at the end, none of it actually happened. Supposedly, they, uh, she is a survivor of a near-death experience. And she was kidnapped along with four other people. And all of them were survivors of a near-death experience. And supposedly, you can see how you might be interested enough to watch the whole series. And this is how they drag you along. Supposedly, this doctor who kidnapped them uh, 
is researching near-death experiences, and so he kills them over and over and over again, so he can, and they always come back to life, so he can see, or usually come back to life, so he can see what happens. He can find out and record where their spirits go after they die and before they come back to their bodies, so he can have absolute proof that there is an afterlife. And through traveling to this other world and meeting with denizens of this other world, at least one, Supposedly, they gain access to a series of mystical movements which will allow them to actually travel to this other dimension. It's not an afterlife. It's an alternate dimension. And so the story is that her friends, her four other kidnappees, themselves disappeared into this alternate dimension, and she has to train these five people from the neighborhood in these movements are basically modern interpretive dance movements. And that will help them take her into this other alternate world where the man she fell in love with and these other kidnapped victims live and bring them back to the real world. That's what they're setting up as the point of the series. Can she train them to help her move into an alternate dimension before she is stopped by her parents or before one of the five people is in danger of being taken away to military school so she won't be able to go to this alternate dimension. There's a huge time rush towards the end. Also, supposedly, she has psychic abilities that can predict the future, yada, yada, yada. And so the show is all tease, all promise, and no payoff. There is, at the end of the series, ultimately no clear answers about whether or not she was insane or whether or not she was lying or whether or not she was really psychic. And everything that you spent eight hours watching is rendered 100% pointless because this journey to an alternate dimension to rescue her friends never, ever happens. Jeez, that's, that's violating writing 101. You don't break promises to the audience. Yep. So I was mad because I was told, oh, this is awesome. This is the next Stranger Things. It's not good. It's it's that kind of thing. And, and it's not. It's a lot. It sounds more like the next uh, <clears throat> next Lost. I, I found Lost less frustrating and obnoxious because at least Lost wasn't one person sitting there for five years telling you what happened on the island, and it turns out none of it did. That everything that happened on the island was actually a lie he was telling. Um, it, that didn't happen in Lost. Lost had a lot of flaws. And I especially found the last season to be frustrating and, and eye-rolling. But what happened on the island actually happened on the island. And at least you were participating in the you know induced reality of fiction without being told at the end of the series, oh, it was just a dream. And Jack wakes up on the airplane. He's on you know the oceanic airplane. And it never crashed. And everyone around him is, is just the people. There's just a dream he's had. And they land in, in LA and everything's fine. That, that would have been the worst ending to Lost ever. And that was what this ending was like. So it's just lazy. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I wasted eight hours on it. It's a 
it is a violation, exactly what Brian said. It's a violation of a promise that the writers made that there would be some sort of payoff at the end, and there is no payoff at the end. So it just sounds like that's my review of the OA. It just sounds like they have a problem that they have something against escapism. They will leave us here in our gradery concrete cells of reality and can't imagine Elfland. You know, people might start. You know what a shaggy dog story is, right? Yeah. Okay, shaggy dog story is a long, rambling, discursive story that ultimately has no point. When you get to the very end of it, there is absolutely no point. It didn't make a bit of difference. See this, anything Grandpa Simpson says on The Simpsons. Yeah, this is a shaggy dog story. It was eight hours of long, rambling discursion with absolutely no point. Worse, and, and this is something that people know about, it's called a shoot the shaggy dog story. Where it's not just a shaggy dog story, but the dog gets shot at the end of the story. And I'm here to tell you folks, literally, this is a shoot the shaggy dog story. Because the girl, and this is a spoiler. I already warned you about spoilers. The girl who we saw jumping off the bridge, the girl we've spent eight hours listening to her, weaving her tales and teaching her friends these moves and stuff, is literally, in the last minute of the show, shot through the chest. And they put her in an ambulance, and the last thing we see is the lights of the ambulance flashing as it drives away, and all of the other five people who still believe even after they found this Kaiser Soze material, they still believe that she's going to another dimension, and they're yelling, oh, she's doing it right now. That's the end of the show. It is literally a shoot the shaggy dog story, because oh, they shoot yeah. her. That, that is just showing blatant contempt for your audience. <laughs> like, but the question is, is it going to work? Right, because they're trying to do, you know, they're doing the Netflix, the Amazon thing. Here's a new series. We'll create a bunch of hype. We've got our own platform and all that. Now, go. Like, can we get this to work? Uh, are people going to buy it? Are people going to watch it? Um, it's Stranger a social things, experiment. Right? Like, like Stranger <laughs> Things worked because of all that stuff. It had that great word of mouth. And that was the big difference, in my opinion. I think the big difference was the word of mouth. Um is this is this one going to succeed like Stranger Things, despite, um, or will it have the same word of mouth? I sincerely hope not. I don't know. I sincerely hope not because I, I was mad at the end of the series. I, mean, I was mad. I was livid. I went on Twitter and I ranted. I didn't give away details on Twitter because I was saving them for the show. But man, I was mad at, at the OA. I was mad at Netflix. I was mad at the people who made it. Um, and now you know why. If you had been wondering why I've been ranting about the OA, that is why. It's a shoot the shaggy dog story. It's pointless. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. I want to I go into passengers now, unless there's any other questions. Um, no? Okay. Let's jump into passengers real quick. I was deathly afraid at the end of passengers that they were going to do something similar to what Black Mirror did with most of their episodes and what the OA did with their entire series, which is end it with a stupid, pointless ending that makes you go, oh, wasted my entire two hours of my time um one hour and 56 minutes i found out later uh in this movie and i will reassure you of this passengers does not end like that there is a satisfying ending to the story 
of Passengers. Whether it's the ending you expect or not, I'm not going to spoil Passengers. Um, but there is an ending to the story, and it is a satisfying ending to the story, and it's an ending that makes sense given everything that's come before. So they did not do what the OA did. They did not do what Black Mirror did. So I, I'm assuming most of the people listening to this know what Passengers is. Let me set it up. It's a new movie. It's a science fiction movie. It's got Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence in it. They are, it is a classic sci-fi tale. Absolutely classic, going back to the 50s or 40s, where you have a ship that is going to take 120 years to travel at roughly half the speed of light from Earth to an alien, uh, to a colony planet. And 5,000 colonists are in sleep pods on this ship. Then there's 250 crew members. And for various reasons, one passenger wakes up because of a technical glitch. Now, this is supposed to be impossible, and it's never happened before, but one passenger wakes up. And that one passenger, the reason why he woke up, what happened with the ship, and what he does to deal with absolute isolation. There is complete isolation on this ship. There are no other human beings awake. And so he's surrounded by people in cold sleep pods, but he has no one to talk to other than, and this is a, um, other than the robots and other uh, pseudo intelligences of the ship. They do not have true artificial intelligence. And so he's just left to discuss things with them and spends the first year uh, of this journey after he woke up. He, he wakes up 90 years before they're going to arrive at the planet. So it doesn't matter. He's going to die of old age long before they get anywhere. And he decides at one point to send a letter back to Earth. And they say, great, you've sent this letter via laser back to Earth. It will take 15 years to get there and another 30 years to get back because of how far the ship will have traveled in that time. And so his letter, his, letter, his email, his video mail, is completely a waste of time. He doesn't realize it until after he sent it. It's a classic science fiction tale. I can see why it's not going to do as well with audiences because it doesn't neatly fit into any given template. It's not quite a pure romance movie. It's not quite a pure disaster movie. It's not, you know, and so there are a lot of mixed elements in the show, but I thought the tale was an interesting tale. I thought it was an interesting story. I thought that the people who were in it did a good job with their characters. And it held my attention. I really, really enjoyed it, and I want to see it again. I'm not saying I'd pay full price to see it again, but I want to watch it again because I thought it was an interesting story. And they bothered to get a lot of the science fictional details right, and what they kind of gloss over um, or don't mention isn't really important. Uh, so, yeah, I, if you are willing to see a sci-fi show that's an interesting sci-fi show that is not exactly a disaster movie it's not exactly a romance but it is fundamentally speaking a tale of this one guy and what he does to deal with utter isolation in the middle of the vastness of space i thought it was interesting i thought it was enjoyable i would recommend it uh if that's the kind of story that you can sit through and be entertained by there's not a lot of action a lot of what's going on is, is psychological and character-based, but it's still, nonetheless, uh, it held my attention. So, Well, as Dornall can attest, 
I am definitely one for genre bashing, so I might have to check that out. That sounds pretty interesting. I, I, first of all, I'm surprised to hear that y hear you say, Daddy Warpig, that it doesn't have a lot of action, but you liked it anyway. Yes. But but you did like the you did like the the, as you said, genre bashing stuff. That's the sort of thing that actually turned me away. I I wanted to see a great sci-fi mystery in space, and uh, and I only checked out online reviews because the score was so low. And. And 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 I read about you know some of the twists and everything, and they talked about how it wasn't it wasn't what the trailer made it out to be. I've burned I've been burned one too many times on that sort of thing. The reason why a lot of people marked it down is because the final decision one of the characters makes is kind of offensive to certain common attitudes among critics. And so they're angry because of things that have nothing to do with the story. They're angry because it offends them. Well, that's the best reason to be angry, for sure. So, I don't know. Um, here, here's another thing. Uh, one of the things I really like like thematically about it, the main character played by Chris Pratt, and I have to admit that one of the reasons I was into the movie is because Chris Pratt not only is a likable actor, but he does a great job of portraying this character. So if it were an unlikable actor or if it were a less interesting performance you wouldn't be into it you, in order to really get into the movie you have to actually care even a teeny tiny bit about what happens to chris pratt's character if you don't care what happens to his character there's no point in watching the movie you just won't enjoy it um because that's what the movie is about the situation the crises the other challenges he faces and how he deals with them his character is a mechanic and you can see why a mechanic would be drawn to uh, settling a new colony world because he is integral into the colony. He has absolutely a role to play. And uh, he talks about that. There's a, a small moment in the movie where he talks about his aspirations of why he goes to, why he's going to this colony. It's absolutely plausible. It's absolutely real. You could absolutely see why he did it. The great thing about this is he's neither an engineer nor a scientist, and yet in movies, when you see scientists, they're good at everything. They can science anything. His character is only good at being a mechanic, and he has to use that tool set, those skills, in order to get himself out of the situation that he's in, and he isn't able to magically be a scientist. He isn't able to magically be a computer programmer or a hacker. He has to be a mechanic, and he has to... Uh, in the couple of instances where he gets a little bit beyond being a mechanic, he has to work and study and practice in order to get to that point. It is not the magical movie skill that he's granted. And so it's unusual to see a movie paying respects, real respect, to a blue-collar worker. And it's especially unusual for a movie to... Uh, realistically portray the skill limitations on such a person to where he just can't solve every single problem because he's just the main character. Uh, I thought that was a, a great theme. Um, it wasn't why I enjoyed the movie, but I did enjoy uh, afterwards when I was thinking back on it, that aspect of the movie. This just sounds better and better. Um, it really is a classic science fiction tale. Um, it is something that could have been published in the 1950s or in any you know magazine or the 1940s it is entirely about the harshness of space the spaceship 
being alone in space with nothing else other than what you have on it and having to figure your way into uh, working hard and trying to use what you're given in unusual ways in order to fix the ship and not die. Um, in order to fix the ship so that not only you don't die, but everyone else on there, the 5,000 passengers, 5,000 other passengers, and the 258 crew members, that they themselves also don't die. Now, I'm sure there's, you know, continuity errors. I'm sure there's scientific, scientific errors. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. I'm sure you could nitpick about a lot of things, but I think it's a very, very well done movie, and it's very unusual to see an actual science fiction movie that isn't uh, magic science, and uh, so I really enjoyed it on that level. I can see why it's not going to be the blockbuster that they hoped. There was like seven or eight previews before the movie. You can tell how big a studio thinks a movie's going to be, or a, a theater chain thinks a movie is going to be, by the number of previews before the movie. The more previews, the more faith they have in the movie, the more belief they have that this is going to be a blockbuster. Um, and so there were seven or eight previews before the movie, one of which was for Fifty Shades Darker, which just, I want to hurt somebody for taking away two minutes of my life. Um, I'm almost as mad about that as I am about the OA. Anyways, it was like penance. It was like I was being punished for something. Like God had said, you have done something to displease me, and so you're going to watch the preview to Fifty Shades Darker. And I did. Um, but it's not going to be the blockbuster that apparently the studio or the movie theater chains think it will be, which is a shame because it's actually a really well done movie. Uh, the technology is great and interesting, and it's all plausible. There's no, as far as I could tell, there's no magic technology in the movie. It's all plausible. And I found that, uh, I mean, they don't even violate the speed of light. They're, they're traveling at near relativistic speeds, right? Half, half the speed of light. And at one point, someone says, well, can't we just turn around and go back to Earth? I mean, we're only, you know, a little bit away from Earth. And the person says, look, no, we can't just, we're at half the speed of light. We'd have to slow down, turn around, get back up to speed, and head back to Earth. It's just not an option. So it's like, ooh, orbital mechanics. But that's thermodynamics. That, that's, that's worrying about an energy budget and time taken. That, that's real science. I'm not saying they applied it perfectly, but that is real science and real elements that are brought into to the situation. So I thought the screenwriters did a really good job with that. That's why that I, I really liked it. Sounds refreshing. Um, it's a better movie than I thought it would be. And uh, if you'd like science fiction, if you're actually a, a real science fiction fan, a fan of the science fiction short stories, uh, Clark, Eyes of My Timeline era short stories, um, or novels, then you'll. There's a good chance you'll like the movie. So, uh, and the ending was not a nut shot. So it was not a punch in the balls. Um, they didn't shoot the dog at the end. They did not shoot the dog at the end of the movie. Sorry, I, I don't mean to spoil that, but but um, the ending of the movie, whatever it is, is not pointless and stupid. Um, very much has a point, and it's, it's, it's satisfying. Um, there's a number of different ways it could have gone, any one of which could have been satisfying. The one they chose was actually good and satisfying, and I could see why it ticked critics off. So, all right. Um, 
I'm not saying there isn't death involved in the movie. I'm not saying that every single character makes it through alive. I'm just saying that the end of the movie was not pointless and stupid. It did not enrage me at having wasted two hours of my life. Um, any uh, any last questions, guys? No, that was thorough. I've yeah, thanks. That. that was interesting. Um, so, I don't know. We're... Uh, any last words in the show before we sign off? We're out of time. I mean, we're way out of time, but that's okay. Any last words before we sign off? Not all. Yeah, well, all I wanted to say was Happy New Year, everybody. It's been a great and wonderful 2016, and I uh, hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow and uh, next week as we continue with the show. Appreciate everybody from listening. Yeah, it was quite a party this time. It was, it was uh, encouraging to see so many faces in the chat. Um, thanks to my unpaid PR intern, Daddy Warpig, <laughs> for the keeping the torch alight. And yes, um, my third book of the Soul Cycle series, Secret Kings, had a fantastic launch. Um, it is still going on. The first two books in the series, Ethereal and Soul Dancer, are still on sale. So you can get all three books of the award winning series for less than the cost of some Tradpub ebooks. All right, folks, uh, happy new year. Absolutely looking forward to the new year. We will be continuing the show um, despite uh, despite all logic and reason. We are going to continue doing this show, by golly, in the face of all of the daunting technical difficulties that somehow plague us. We're going to continue doing the show because uh, we have a lot of fun. We're hoping you have a lot of fun. We're hoping that uh, you find our opinions and information interesting enough to continue listening and to continue coming and participating in the live chat. By the way, just so you know, you can participate in the live chat when we announce it. We do this show, generally speaking, in the afternoons on Saturdays or Sundays, almost once a week. Um, you can find this entire series of Geek Gab shows at YouTube slash Geek Gab. That's YouTube.com slash Geek Gab. But wait, there's more. We are also available on the iTunes store. For those of you that want to download it to your iPod or iPad or whatever, you can subscribe to this podcast just search for geek gab or i have the uh, link to the itunes podcast feed in the description of the video we are also available on soundcloud do a search for geek gab uh, we have about half our episodes available on soundcloud and we add a new one every single time we do a show soundcloud is absolutely kept up to date and we are also available on the google play store so there are myriad of ways that you can come and enjoy uh, the show Thanks for tuning in. We are signing off, but we will be back.